0: Hello there, and welcome into another edition of The Intersection with conversation about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. This is the first of two podcasts with content from the 2018 National Religious Broadcasters Convention held recently in Nashville. I want to lead off with material from my conversation with Tony Evans of The Alternative, providing some insight for Christian believers who are in need of a comeback in their lives. Plus, from the Ministry of Family Life today, Bob Lapine shared with me about a new initiative oriented toward Bible-centered parenting, which will be kicked off by a movie event in early May. Then you'll hear a moving tribute to the late Billy Graham and his ministry from someone who has ministered extensively with Mr. Graham and his son Franklin, its singer and guitarist, Dennis Agajanian. And coming up on this edition of The Intersection... The ministry of Focus on the Family has recently celebrated its 40th anniversary and the co-host of the radio broadcast, John Fuller, stopped by the Faith Radio Meeting House Broadcast Center to share some reflections on the transition of Jim Daly to the host position for the radio program. Plus, David and Jason Benham provided some motivation to keep trusting God even in times when we don't exactly see His hand at work. The Benham brothers emceed a number of events during NRB in Nashville. You'll be hearing from them coming up. And I chatted with television producer Brad Bird and author Michelle Cox, who have written a devotional book coinciding with the Hallmark Channel series for which Brian provides leadership. This is The Intersection, a production of The Meeting House. I'm Bob Crittenden. Tony Evans is senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas and speaker on the radio program The Alternative. He visited the Faith Radio Meeting House Broadcast Center at NRB 2018 in Nashville and shared some principles relative to his forthcoming book, Your Comeback, Your Past Doesn't Have to Determine Your Future. Here's Tony Evans now.
1: Whenever you move God out of an equation, you create a void in that space. And when you create that void, it gets inhabited by something. And what has been inhabiting this empty void that people have due to the fact that God is being dismissed in every segment of the society is 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 this emptiness that gets filled with illegitimacy. And when you fill that emptiness with the wrong thing, while for a moment it may seem like it's satisfying, it becomes like cotton candy. It's sweet up front, but it dissipates real quick. And so what, what we're saying is that as the culture moves from God, as God has moved out of every education, entertainment, and even religion, um, uh, that void is being filled with all the wrong things. And so you're having the growth of, uh, of tumors, if you will, that are cancerous to our well-being, to our families, to our culture. So when, when that happens, then you're in a survival mode. And when you're in the survival mode, you're just trying to get by, even if it hurts other people for you to do so.
0: And then you have the people, Dr. Evans, that are facing hopelessness in their own lives. Maybe there are people in the church, maybe with a relationship with Christ yet they are finding themselves, or at least they think they are without hope. They may be just totally overwhelmed by whatever circumstances, or maybe it's a big mistake that is haunting them. What does the Bible have to say to those individuals about a, a comeback for their lives?
1: Well, it, it has to say Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, because <laughs> those people were in bad shape and uh, it was due to their sin. And God says, I still have a plan for you, but before I can show you my plan, you got to come back to me. What a lot of people want is they want to go from the problem to the plan while skipping the person. Mm-hmm. And you got to mm-hmm. move from the problem to the person to get the plan, and that process is critical in terms of God orchestrating a restoration or a comeback.
0: Well, let's talk about what you see in the scriptures as far as people that experience their own personal comeback. What are some of the stories that you include in this
1: book? Well, we start with Naaman. I mean. He's had an impossible situation—cancer, a cancer of the skin, uh, leprosy—and there was no solution for it. He's told by the prophet to uh, to, to dip in the door Jordan seven times. He uses two words that'll mess your life up. He says, "I thought." See, when what you think is different than what God says, you're thinking wrong. And so he, he 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 used his human understanding, but when he finally got around to swallowing his pride, doing what God said do, and completing it seven times—that's the number of completion in Scripture—he got a supernatural intervention. We talk about the fact that uh, 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 in Luke five, uh, um, Peter, you know, he's been fishing all night; he's caught nothing. It's not working for him. And God says, God, "I want you cast out to the deep and, and throw your net in." He says, well, wait a minute. We've been fishing all night and caught nothing. I'm a, I'm a fisherman. You're a preacher. You stick to preaching, I'll stick to, fi- uh, uh, stick to fishing. And uh, when he finally humbled himself and did what God said to do, he caught the biggest fishing, uh, fishing uh, uh, net of his career. So you see, God has a way of reversing things when you allow him to dictate your actions and when you complete the dictation and don't cut it short.
0: Mm-hmm. So what could you say as far as... A couple of action steps that people can take practically. If they're in that hopeless situation today to, to really get into that, that step that you mentioned that people so commonly leave out, and that is experiencing the person of Christ, how can they begin to walk in that?
1: First of all, you've got to ask, is there any unaddressed sin? Because if there's any unaddressed sin, you're, you're, you are blocking the answer to your own prayer. So uh, Jesus came first of all to deal with sin and out of that to deal with circumstances. So am I identifying and and, uh, giving God the right to address sin in my life? Now, once sin has been addressed, if sin is is, is the case, then I want to ask, what biblical steps is God asking me to take in regard to whatever the issue is I'm dealing with? Have I moved in obedience? Okay, I've confessed sin, I've repented of sin, but now am I moving like Naaman? Am I moving to obedience or am I just hoping God just swoops down out of heaven and does something? God hits a moving target. That's why it's called walking by faith and not talking by faith, okay? There's got to be movement <laughs> going on here. When he's hit a movement target, when, when you are moving, then you trust God to intervene and respond to your movement in orchestrating circumstances for your recovery. He will take ownership for your recovery when you're willing to take the medicine he prescribes.
0: Mm. Tony Evans here on The Intersection. You can learn more through the website TonyEvans.org. The Intersection Podcast continues now with the co-host of Family Life Today. His name is Bob Lapine, and he visited the Faith Radio Meeting House Broadcast Center at NRB to discuss a number of aspects of the ministry, including the art of parenting and the launch event for that initiative, the movie Like Arrows, coming to theaters May 1st and 3rd of 2018.
2: For that conversation, this is Bob Lapine. We wanted to take the content that for, for decades had been available at a weekend to remember and put it in a format where people could share it with their neighbors, they could share it with their small group at church, churches could put on their own event. That's how The Art of Marriage began. It's been out for, uh, well, let's see, this is uh, year number seven. We started in 2011 with The Art of Marriage, and it's been viewed by more than a million people to date. So it's been, it's had a great reach, and That led to the development of another study that we put together called Stepping Up, A Call to Courageous Manhood, based on Dennis's book by that title. A great small group study for for guys that, again, video-assisted, some really compelling video elements. And then in recent days, we said we want to turn our attention to what may be the most critical need beyond marriage in our day, and that is helping moms and dads know how to get their focus right when they're raising the next generation. So for the last two years, we've been working on Family Life's Art of Parenting video series. It's an eight-session series. Each session's about 30 minutes long. Again, small groups in local churches can go through it. You can do it with other parents in your neighborhood. Uh, Empty Nest couples can invite younger couples into your home and take them through this material. It's just a great flexible resource, and we're making much of the content available online as an online course for free that people can take. So lots of options related to Art of Parenting. It will come out on May 1st. And uh, so that's our target date coming up here in just another month or two. And we're launching it with a a, a pretty special event called uh, Like Arrows. It's a two-night event in movie theaters, uh, a film that we've worked on with our friends Alex and Stephen Kendrick, the Kendrick Brothers, and uh, this is a movie about parenting that we we call it Session Zero of The Art of Parenting. Wow! You go to the movie, it will, I think you'll, you'll see yourself in the movie, and it'll help you say, here's how we can get some help and some hope for our parenting. Well, and I enjoy, as our listeners know, I enjoy
0: talking about movies. We're going to kind of dig a bit deeper on that film, but as far as the art of
2: parenting, you talk about the eight different sessions. What would you say would be some of the major principles that are related here? Well, we start first by talking about what kids need most from a mom and dad. And we're really talking about moms and dads being intentional, having a focus for what they're doing as parents, making sure their own marriage is strong, making sure that what they're modeling is good. And then we start to get into specific areas of child development. So, Uh, What are you doing to help develop character in your children? And how does discipline play into character development for a child? That's one of the key issues. And then how are you helping your kids learn how to do healthy relationships? They need to know how to make and find good friends, how to seek and grant forgiveness. They just need to know how how to have a healthy relationship. What about their identity? Do they understand their identity in Christ? Do they understand the unique identity God has given them? and his fingerprints on their life? And do they understand their their sexual identity, their gender identity, which is, of course, controversial mm. in our day. Parents need mm. to know how do we help our kids understand who God's made them to be? And then finally, how do you help point your kids toward the mission God has for them? Ephesians 2.10 says we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We believe that means that every child has a God-ordained path that God has set out. And a parent's job is to help that child discover that path, get them pointed on the path, and then pull back the string and let the arrow go and let them fly. Bob Lapine here on The Intersection.
0: Find out more about the radio program and the ministry of family life by going to familylifetoday.com. Well, also at NRB 2018, Dennis Agajanian, singer and guitarist, visited with me. He's ministered extensively with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association in Billy Graham Crusades and Franklin Graham Festivals. In our conversation, he paid tribute to the late Billy Graham. Here now from that conversation is Dennis Agajanian. You're a fixture. I know that when Franklin Graham came to Birmingham, there you were. Is is there a Franklin Graham Festival you haven't done?
3: <laughs> yes, I, I uh, one I didn't do. I was I was oh, just, in. Well, I did won. Latvia. But then we were going to Latvia again, and I'd broken my back in Hungary. So I had to miss that crusade. That's the first one I ever missed. I did 45 crusades with Billy, and then a lot of special appearances with him. And uh, it just never gets old uh-huh. hearing a man like that just preach the gospel. And uh, go to his home, and I remember my wife, who's with me now, She, she, um, she Made him a little bowl of ice cream and and did his dishes and you know and it's just he and I and Billy and myself and my wife sitting in his kitchen and I'm playing songs for him and just memorable times. How much he said he loved me and grabbed my hand and held it to his heart and I um, he was a real deep friend and his his wife was a lot of fun. You know, she she said, "I want you to teach me how to ride a dirt bike," and I'm teaching her how to ride a dirt bike, and and uh, I don't know. She said, "If I don't tell Bill, she called him Bill, then then he won't get mad at me if I don't tell him." (laughs) But she was a lot of fun.
0: Well, I got to ask you this: you you played the Hallelujah chorus this morning at the Billy Graham breakfast here at NRB, and. I uh, This was actually a, a special request by
3: Ruth Mrs. Graham well,
0: yes, yeah. Ruth Graham asked you to play it now is it truth she wasn't like really thrilled with with your original oh, yeah. rendition? I played of it? it she said,
3: Dennis, that was terrible. <laughs> now I want you to go and I want you to rehearse it so I, I rehearsed all that night and when it came time for me to play it for her I did I played it and know? it was
0: yeah it was incredible you that's never... the
3: reason why I play it is because she asked me to do that.
0: And that was a song that was played at their wedding. At Obviously, their wedding, Obviously, you too. weren't there,
3: but... And, of course, <laughs> yeah. his first date, he took her to the Messiah. Oh, my, that's... You know, and he went and saw the Messiah, and so Handel's Messiah, so, you know, it, it meant a lot to him, and I remember Ruth being uh, in her bed, you know, and she was ill, and Billy was sitting right next to her, and she said, do the Hallelujah Chorus, and Billy said, Dennis... That was that was performed at my wife and I's uh, wedding. Wow! So, so, what would
0: you what was the, you you think what would be Billy Graham's favorite song that you played for him?
3: There is a fountain filled oh, with blood, drawn from Evaniel's veins, and sinners plunge beneath the flood, lose all their guilty stain. The dying thief, you know, you think. Uh, you just think of the verses, how powerful they are. And some of the songs that we hear today are they don't have the substance that that these old hymns have, you know. Mm-hmm. The dying thief rejoiced to see the fountain in his day, though there go I, though vile as he washed all my sins away. And comparing yourself to the thief on the cross and that was Really, Billy Graham's oh. favorite song. My goodness! Last question. We got about a minute or so remaining,
0: but your guitar style. I mean, I think about this <laughs> this <laughs> fast strumming that you do. I mean, there, there's nothing like it. How did you develop that? That's just amazing.
3: Well, <laughs> I just try to play the guitar different than everybody else. Yeah. A lot of people have that Doc Watson style or Tony Rice style, and I've kind of have my own style, and and I try to play the melody within the chord wherever i go and i'm the one that knows if i make it i made a few little errors but my wife said a lot of people didn't know she knows (laughs) but uh it's 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 fun to i didn't start the rumor that i'm the fastest guitar but johnny cash started that rumor and so you know um he started it, and I just try to live up to it. I'm getting older now. But.
0: Dennis Agajanian, who appeared at the annual Billy Graham Evangelistic Association Breakfast at NRB. His website address is Dennis A-G-A-J-A-N-I-A-N dot This is The Intersection Podcast. It's a weekly production of The Meeting House. Learn more through the website meetinghouseonline.info. You'll find a link to the media center, marked Meeting House On Demand, through which you can listen to or download full conversations with recent guests on the Intersection podcast. You can subscribe to the Intersection through the site and have it delivered to your podcast receiving software, including iTunes, on a weekly basis. You can also reach the Meeting House homepage through faithradio.org in the programming section. And through faithradio.org, you can learn more about downloading the Faith Radio app through which you can hear the Intersection podcast. Also, through the Meeting House homepage, there are two blogs accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. The other is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House program. Also, you can follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. There's also a link through which you can get connected to video content, including content from this year's NRB convention. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info. Well, John Fuller joined me at the Faith Radio Meeting House Broadcast Center. He is co-host of the Focus on the Family radio program. He shared some reflections on the transition of Jim Daly to the host position for the radio program. Focus on the Family has recently celebrated its 40th anniversary. Here now from that conversation at NRB is John Fuller. Jim Daly was on. He was part of the leadership.
4: He had been president for a number of years, but eventually one day in January, after about six or seven weeks of wondering what's, who's going to be next, Jim said, I'll do that. And we were all kind of amazed because he already was working quite full time, thank you, mm-hmm. and we know the demands of radio, and and he said, no, I need to do this. And so Jim jumped in, and I want to say, from the first program, it wasn't perfect. It was rough and clunky, <laughs> and but we have a structure in place that that vets radio programs uh, suggestions we have a track record with our listeners we know what seems to work pretty well always learning of course but um, jim said i'll be a student of radio and he brought to the equation a real dynamic sense of curiosity a respect for people a winsomeness and authenticity that we really just have have uh, been building the program on since and he's done i think a terrific job of stepping into a gap and and filling it and taking it his own direction, which is resonating very well with listeners.
0: Did you see that was was a possibility? Obviously, Jim was in the building. He was part of the ministry. Yeah. Had you kind of thought maybe he could do, or was this the kind of thing, okay. okay, God calls and God provides and he kind of grows into the gift? Yeah,
4: let, let's say this. So somebody that uh, we, we valued uh, very much had spoken some wisdom into our lives as a team, a few years prior to this, and said Jim Daly could do this show. And we didn't. We, we recalled that when Dr. Dobson w- announced he was stepping away, and so we we actually did consider it. But I wasn't going to say, "Hey, Jim, you need to do this," to Jim Daly. He's the president. It's not mine to tell him. First off, and second, I, there's a lot of work involved. And I, like I said, he was already working full time as with the president and CEO. So. That seed had been planted though and we we were able to pull on that and have some assurance there was never uh, fear that Jim was going to crash the plane if you will there was a great confidence that he could his winsome personality and his uh, his energy would really help in in making the transition but it's a big deal to transition from the founder to the next guy
0: oh my goodness that's why you're still doing what you're doing you haven't (laughs) found a suitable replacement have you well let's just say god is not done with me there you go (laughs) yeah so all right Here's an, here's an off-the-wall question. Yeah. So, did you ever consider yourself? I mean, you're a great communicator. Did you ever think about taking the taking no, the reins? No, no, no. I'm, I'm,
4: I'm a number two guy. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm not the guy that sits in the first seat. I'm a co-pilot at, at, at best. I did have well-meaning family members say, "Well, are you going to take over?" It's like yeah,
5: not, that's not really
4: what we're talking about here. Um, certainly, it's a privilege to serve, and I've I've just had a posture of an open hand for my time at Focus and prior to that to say whatever lord and he is he's seen fit to put me into places but i think it's pretty clear jim's jim's the host i'm the co-host he can do the program without me if he chooses and if the lord says hey that interview with bob that was the turning point and you're not going to be co-hosting anymore i'd say all right lord whatever's next cuz he does what he wants to with us and that's absolutely. his prerogative
0: absolutely That was John Fuller from Focus on the Family at NRB 2018. Find out more about the ministry by going to focusonthefamily.com. We're also stopping by the Faith Radio Meeting House Broadcast Center where David and Jason Benham, in our conversation, they shared their perspective on trusting God, a concept highlighted in their book, Miracle in Shreveport, a memoir of baseball, fatherhood, and the stadium that launched a dream. Here now from NRB 2018
6: are David and Jason Benham sometimes God's ways well quite often God's ways are not the ways that we think that it's going to turn out but when we got fired by HGTV we wrote a book and that turned into a bestseller and that was our story and then we ended up writing a second book as a result of that was how to help you build your story to stand faithfully in today's culture and then this this third book Miracle in Shreveport the one that we're releasing uh, on March the 27th um, is all about how our story fits into his story in today's particular cultural moment so we look back uh, at that time when we got fired by HGTV. And uh, by God's amazing grace, we stood with some resolve, but some of the one of the major reasons why was because we had a testimony of a 20-year period in our life that really brought us great strength because of the way that God was working behind the scenes, putting all the pieces of our puzzle together of our life. So you talk about what God was doing in both of you at at that
0: time, a 20 year period of time, David. Right. So, so Jason, what what did you sense God was doing to prepare you guys for, I guess, the next phase, the next era in the the Benham brothers' story?
6: Well, during that time, uh, from five to 25, we had no clue what God was doing, but during that, we we really learned how to just live faithfully wherever God had placed us, and to learn how to pivot. Because it was during that time that we had this dream of playing professional baseball together with each other, but not just together on a specific team, but actually playing in a particular stadium. And so we we grew up in Dallas, Texas, and we used to take a trip up I-20 every year for vacation to Atlanta, Georgia. And each year we would pass Shreveport, Louisiana, and there was a stadium there right off I-20 called Fairgrounds Field. And right about 7.30 in the morning is about the time that we would hit Shreveport because we (laughs) left early. I mean, it was terrible. Our dad would make us get up early in this 1979 Caprice Classic. We'd be sleeping in the back. Right about the time we'd pass Shreveport, he'd wake us up and say, Hey, boys, maybe one day you guys could play professional baseball together in that stadium. Let's pray and ask God to make it happen. We did that growing up. We kept praying that prayer as we would take our vacations. We signed baseball scholarships play at Liberty. We continued to pass that field, praying the exact same prayer, you know. And and we, we took some downturns our senior year of high school. David got drafted. I did not. It was like my, my dream was crushed. Oh, my goodness. But he didn't sign with the Mets. That's who drafted him. We both went to Liberty. After our junior year, he got drafted by the Mets again. I did not. We, we see was a tough. pattern here. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Tebow would be proud. That's right. But I didn't <laughs> sign with him. We ended up going to Liberty. And then I was drafted by the Red Sox, Jason was drafted by the Orioles, and we went on to play professional baseball. But neither one of those teams had a a minor league team in Shreveport or in the Texas League, which is where Shreveport was. So we knew as we write this book, uh, well, you know, that prayer and that little dream of playing together in Shreveport, it wasn't going to happen. And that's what's interesting is that, wow. you know, by the time you get done with this book, you realize, oh, my goodness, what a miracle that, that, that our, our journey was ups and downs. As a matter of fact, Jason, when he was with the Orioles, broke his leg in half. He did the old Joe Theismann injury when Lawrence Taylor was on top of him with the New York Giants. And uh, they pieced his leg back together. He ended up getting rehabbed to be released, and he was released. So baseball was over with for him. At the same time, I had been traded to the Cardinals— I was sent to Major League Spring training. I had a batting glove contract. I had Louisville Sluggers with my names on them. And I mean, it was just crazy how my career was blossoming and Jason's career was ending. So we knew hey, you know, all those little prayers we used to pray with Dad in that Caprice Classic and then in that black Chevy Astro van. It meant we were nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Where was God there? <laughs> so, but our but, story continues to go.
0: Go ahead. Yeah. Well, David and Jason Benham joining us today here on the Meeting House on Faith Radio, the Benham brothers. And this is very interesting because I've been watching, Jason, as you were talking about that your career was rising. Jason's is declining. Want to get Jason's take on this whole story. Well, I learned (laughs) the power of pivot. The power of pivot. pivot. Oh is, that a, is that a theme in
6: it, this book? Uh, you know, we I, write about we it. Don't, we don't teach about it because okay. we just told the story in the book, but you'll see the power of pivot the in The power there. of pivot. Yeah, that if you're going to live a powerful life, you've got to experience pain and go through that pain. And that pain often is a bewilderment where you're like, God, where are you? What are you doing? I thought we were going this direction. Now I'm going this direction. And you really learn to just die to whatever it is that you're holding on to in your heart. And uh, But the beauty of dying to that dream or to that thing that you're holding on to is that's when the life can come out. The Benham Brothers, David and Jason
0: Benham here on The Intersection Podcast. Find out more through their website at benhambrothers.com. Benham is spelled B-E-N-H-A-M. The book's website is miracleinshreveport.com. Finally, on this edition of The Intersection from NRB 2018 in Nashville, Brian Byrd, one of the executive producers of the Hallmark Channel series When Calls the Heart, and author Michelle Cox of Just 18 Summers, shared about the new devotional book they have developed to go along with the series. It's entitled When God Calls the Heart, Devotions from Hope Valley. From that conversation, here are Brian Bird and Michelle Cox.
7: We took and we, we went through the episodes. We found the God moments hidden there, and we pulled those out. We did the spiritual application to go with them, added a quote from the citizens in Hope Valley, and then a verse of scripture, a prayer, and at the end, some questions for reflection to take you a little bit deeper into what God has as you're reading each of the devotional. And it's been so cool to see what God's doing with the book, it just released February 1st. But we're hearing of families that are doing the devotions together. We're hearing from college students that are excited about it, from a chemo group that bought them for all the women in her group. And while they're doing their chemo treatments, they're having devotions. And so it's, you know, it's been really fun to see what God had in store. And I love what Jeanette Oak said. I had written her a little note to thank her and to tell her what God was doing. And she said she was praying for the book and that she prays for all of her paper missionaries. And I thought, what a wonderful way to put that. People that we'll never see, that we'll never meet, but yet the message that's really hidden inside the show of the values and the virtues and the God moments are there, whether it's that generation or our generation.
5: All right,
0: I'm going to put the two of you on the spot. Obviously, this book is full of these God moments within the show. I want to ask each of you to select a God moment, maybe your favorite God moment or one of the notable moments of the show, and just share about it. And maybe if someone were watching the show, they might, you know, might thought, oh, well, maybe that was a, an instance of, of biblical truth
5: and. Yep, sure enough, it was. So who wants to feel this first? Brian's got his hand up. Okay, here you go. I have a good one uh, here for you, Bob. Um, so um, our two leads are Elizabeth Thatcher, the school teacher, and her Mountie Beau, um Mountie Jack Thornton. And um, there would uh, be no no mystery to any of the Hardys out there who love when calls the heart, but they're engaged now in – inscribed on their engagement rings are is the love chapter from 1 Corinthians, right? So love is patient, love is kind. And that uh, passage of scripture has been so important to the show. It has become a theme in the show. And the the love chapter in Corinthians is one that's just good for the whole world, right? Whether you subscribe to, you know, a, a faith in Christ or not. It's just good wisdom, right, to live that way, to live patiently and kindly and, and self-sacrificially. And all of the great fruits of that of that passage of Scripture, we find in the show itself there's a goodness about this community and a goodness about the people in this community that is all about the love chapter in 1 in first, first Corinthians. So that, that, for me, is the best one ever to be able to talk about. All right Michelle, you got one?
7: <laughs> I do. I think for me it's it's Elizabeth Thatcher setting out, leaving behind everything that she knew, her wealthy lifestyle, going to a place she didn't know because she had a dream on her heart. And you know, she expected to go there and be warmly welcomed and everything was going to be wonderful and she arrived with a bedraggled appearance. She had gotten attacked on the stagecoach coming in and You know, it was not the entry she had expected. And, you know, so many times in our lives, we have our dreams that we want to do for God, and they don't turn out exactly like we thought. But if we'll stick with them and stick with what God has for us because he does have a plan for us, then I think we'll experience what Elizabeth Thatcher did because when God calls the heart, we can expect an adventure and God will work it out and do amazing things if we're willing to let him.
0: Michelle Cox and Brian Bird joining me at NRB 2018. You can find out more by going to whengodcallstheheart.com. Well, that just about wraps up this edition of the Intersection Podcast featuring highlights from the Meeting House program. You can learn more through meetinghouseonline.info. You can get connected to the Media Center through which you can listen to or download full conversations from recent guests on the podcast. Also, you can subscribe to The Intersection and have it delivered to your podcast receiving software, including iTunes, each week. The Intersection podcast is also available through the Faith Radio app. You can learn more through faithradio.org. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. The other is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House program. You can also follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. You can also get connected to video content, including content from NRB 2018. There is also another Intersection podcast being released this weekend with highlights from NRB 2018. Thanks for joining me. I'm Bob Crittenden.